Welcome back, Section 229 Creighton Basketball Talk. We're back after a couple weeks. I know we've been talking about trying to get into a good flow of doing these, but uh, I think we're going to settle with the every other week kind of schedule here. But I've got a full crew with me tonight, too, so we're, it is a definitely a little bit of a different episode. But we're ready to catch up on the last couple weeks of Creighton Basketball. I think it's actually been about seven episodes since we've had more than one person on here, <laughs> besides me and Dan or me and Blake. So really, really great to have them on the podcast tonight. So let's, I mean, let's bring them right in. Blake Carver, Dan Hall, they're with me this evening. Guys, how the hell are you? We're one person shy from having a full squad here. We're sans Brock, but that, that's okay. But how are we doing, guys? It's good to see your faces. Yeah, yours too. You know, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, Brock was like, when are we podcasting next? And I'm like, I don't know. As soon as Austin <laughs> like, says something, like then you say something, and he, and he doesn't respond. So <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's certainly been an, ex- uh, an interesting couple weeks in Creighton basketball land. But Dan, how are you mm-hmm. doing over there? You, well, we've got a lot to discuss, but Dan, I want to get to you. How, how are we doing over there? You doing all right? Gentlemen, I've been looking forward to this threesome all day. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to know, Zing, Austin baby. likes to point out that we're with him, but I am the yeah. only member of this squad that has the season tickets in their actual name. <laughs> So. well yeah you're right my, my tickets are in the name of brock's mother so that's yeah, you know that's yeah, that's you, a little caveat but hey your name we, don't own me <laughs> i'm fine mm. to give her some cash and have her pay for them that just means that i don't have to do any of the dirty work in securing them so. and you know what's good about this year is that we don't have to come up with the cash because we yeah. rolled it over no well yeah yeah you're you're right because this about this time every year i get a letter from creighton saying hey you ready for next season i'm like dude it just ended <laughs> yeah like yeah. chill i don't have the money right now bro Fuck. well what's worse the letter or the 50 text from janae uh, um I, I mean no the 50... comment here i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Impartial. yeah i mean the 50 texts from janae are probably justified because it takes a lot to get a hold of me and get the money so it, maybe it's like maybe it's maybe Same. it's my fault <laughs> yeah you're right we're both to blame yeah, yeah that's true Oh, but nonetheless, really good to be with you guys tonight. Uh, we've had an interesting couple of weeks here in Creighton Basketball Land. We're going to kind of break it down from Coach Mack's comments to the team to the interesting uh, Big East tournament that we had. And then ultimately, we'll wrap up with some NCAA tournament talk. We're playing the Gauchos. We'll uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. But I want to start off, guys, we've made it to the end of a of a truly crazy season. I mean, all that we have left here that is awaiting us is the NCAA tournament. But let's catch up on a little bit of Creighton news quickly. I felt like we we probably needed to get into this just for just for a minute or two. I think it's an important topic to top, talk about because I feel like the conversation needs to be had and it's it's good to continue the conversation. But you know, truly a disappointing couple of weeks to be a Creighton fan, if if I'm being completely honest. Um, you know, it's it was a disappointing couple of weeks to be a member of the community. I mean, it's a tough situation, but you know, like I said, I wanted to talk about it. Um, you know, now that we're a couple of weeks removed, and as we dig into the NCAA tournament and kind of what what these comments that Greg McDermott said to the team really really are doing, um, you know, to the team and, you know, maybe to our community as a whole. But um, I mean, look, whatever way you dice this, it's a catastrophic chain of events for a team that has really had high hopes the last two, uh, you know, two seasons in March. Um, you know, you think about the teams in the past that have somehow been derailed in their quest to get Creighton past the Sweet 16, whether it be COVID-19 canceling the NCAA tournament last year as Creighton was on Maybe a two seed line if the if the Big East tournament goes well. You know, Mo Watson tearing his ACL in his senior season, uh, effectively ending that team's run in the NCAA tournament. And then we get to this. <laughs> we get to some boneheaded comments, some racist comments from our coach that really seem to have uh, a ripple effect on the team. Um, you know, and and maybe we can't really see what that looks like behind closed doors, but. I think, you know, the team is as kind of wore it on their sleeve. So I think it's worthy of talking about. But I mean, it really it really seems silly to even think about their March aspirations considering the situation. I mean, because this stuff is serious, you know, very serious stuff. I mean, the language that Greg McDermott used in that locker room, and we don't need to go back through and kind of dissect the situation, you know, it was line by line, because at this point it's been it's been talked about, discussed, and and you know, very well publicized. So I mean, if you don't know what we're talking about, you know, he said some things in the locker room to his team, you know, about his players staying on the plantation, which is deplorable at best and has absolutely no room at the table in college basketball period full stop you know 
but while I agree that we all make mistakes, this was a huge mistake. I mean, say, saying something racist going goes past it being a mistake. And I, I, I know he knows that. You know, he apologized right then and there. And when, when, when you make a mistake like that, you either don't own it in that, in that moment because you, you don't truly know how those words can affect somebody. But I think he does understand what that means. And I think he is taking it seriously. But, I mean, it's not something that's easily forgivable, you know, and it's not our place to forgive the man because he didn't say it to us. Um, but he is leading a team half full of young black men in a time where racial injustices in our world have been brought to the forefront in our society. So I think it's, I mean, there's, there's no words that I, I really can muster besides what I'm telling you right now as to how I, how grossly I feel about the whole entire situation. I mean, and all the fans should be doing in terms of this situation is standing in total and complete solidarity with the black men and women of Creighton University. Total and complete solidarity. That's all That's all that needs to happen. There is no excuse for racism in our society in 2020, especially on a college campus. Full stop. Learn, do better, be better, and ultimately Greg McDermott needs to own it beyond just this moment, like we all have said the last couple weeks. He needs to own it for the rest of his life through his actions and meaningful continued dialogue, which I think he has been having. He is a community leader, and we should demand better out of our community leaders, and we're allowed to ask more of our community leaders. You know, especially those who lead young people. It's extremely important. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. You know, I mean, we're, we're three dudes talking about this subject, three white dudes talking about this subject. So, you know, our opinions about it being offensive are essentially irrelevant. You know, like we, we all agree that it's offensive, but what we're here to do is listen to the black men and women of this program. Um, you know, and we've already had fallouts from the comments. You know, I mean, we a couple of weeks ago, we when it happened, we were talking about, wow, the you know, there's no way that this situation is at its peak. You know, we're going to have to wait a couple of days. But we've already had some fallout. You know, Ty Ty Washington, you know, our top recruit, you know, in our very storied classes, we talked about a couple of podcasts ago with with Alex uh, from the circuit. You know, this was a storied class in Creighton history for their basketball team. Ty Ty Washington was the anchor of that class, and he is now gone. Draymond Green this weekend talked some shit at Greg McDermott, saying, "I mean, this is, I mean, that's that's the level that this has written, risen to. NBA players have taken notice of this. Everybody has taken notice of this. The national media has taken it and ran with it, partially because it needs to be ran with because it was a terrible story. But it's not just going to disappear. You know, this is a this is a stain that is left on our program that is going to be very hard to erase." And it's just something that you have to sit back and trust that Bruce Rasmussen will do the right thing. I'm not saying that Greg needs to be fired, but there is some serious, serious image problems with what is going on at Creighton right now. So that's that. And I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that, but I mean, that, those, that's what's been on my mind the last couple weeks. It's been very frustrating, but I felt like it was worth talking about. Yeah, no, no, I, I think you said it well. And, you know, I wanted to, when the suspension happened, you know, I wanted to take time and sit and think about it and, you know, look at it from every angle, you know. But either way, no no matter what angle you look at it from, it it's wrong. So, and honestly, I didn't have that much time to think about it because the suspension was lifted quicker than I, you know, expected it to be. Um so well, and and that and that too, but he sh he shouldn't have even been at the Nova game. Yeah, I mean he, he shouldn't no. have been there. There's that's, no. that was mistake number one. And 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 like you said, and how what other people are saying, I agree in the fact that like this isn't over. It's not going to go away, and it's just barely been handled. And I I hope you know the higher people at Creighton do the right thing and handle it the way it should be handled. And that's all I got to say. Well, they they bungled it a little bit, I think, so far. The optics aren't great especially especially if you're outside of Omaha and don't really know the culture of this program also I'm a little disappointed and Austin's brought this up before I'm a little disappointed in a portion of the fan base too mm. where I I think honestly Greg's taking it way more seriously than a good good section of our fans so um hopefully he can do the job to bring us together as a community um both in basketball and outside of basketball. Uh, I, I think he's, I think he's sincere. I, th I think his track record has proven that. 
and uh, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But the conversation needs to continue. This won't go away. Yeah, and it I shouldn't think, go away. Yeah, no, and you're right, Dan. <clears throat> I think the one piece of advice that every Creighton fan needs to chew on these next couple of weeks is watch what you tweet at recruits. I mean, they see it. You know, I mean, Ty Ty Washington didn't. You know, I mean, he might have just seen those comments and be like, "All right, I'm out." And that that's totally understandable. Totally understandable. But I, I mean, there's a part of me that looks at some of you know his tweets from the last couple of weeks and Creighton fans, you know, getting in his getting in his timeline and just saying some really really bad stuff. You know, I mean, fans have to consider that too. This is not this is not the professional game. This is a very niche community that we exist in, and these players are going to see it all. You know, if you tag them, they're going to see it. So, and the most important thing I think is it in that same vein is, you know what, uh, no matter what, we're all supporting the players at this point. And I just want to say we're, you know, you mentioned we're all white, so we'll never know the full extent of the pain those words caused, but it was so damn good to see some smiles on those guys' faces, especially after that, those first two big wins into in the big East tournaments, but I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's, let's go ahead and put a cap on that. We'll, we'll go ahead and jump into the big East tournament here, which was man, you talk about a roller coaster of emotions, man. We had quite the couple days here in the big East tournament. I mean, overall first impressions. I mean, I, I thought Creighton really played for played pretty well the first two games. I mean, we'll get into breaking down each of these individually here, but, uh, I mean, man, I mean, it looks like they came out really hot and they were they were going to run through this tournament, especially with how lopsided the other side of the bracket was. It was going to be really easy for them yeah. to kind of get through their breakthrough. And, you know, I mean, they, they really controlled their own destiny. All they had to do was beat Georgetown out there at the end and uh, unfortunately could not get the job done. But let's uh, let's pick through this first game here. I mean, the, I mean it was kind of a continuation <laughs> of the last game of the regular season, which was a romping that Creighton handed to Butler as well. I mean, it, it felt like a, it felt like a good comeback win, but um, yeah, overall really, really just an impressive game. I mean, MZ 18 points, DJ 14 points. They led, uh, they led Creighton that night. And uh, I mean, MZ was four for five from long range and Creighton shot 13 of 23 overall from beyond the arc. So really a sharp shooting night for Creighton. And I mean, they, they were firing on all cylinders. I mean, everybody, everybody got a piece of the action too. You know, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, across the board, I think Antoine Jones had eight points. Alex, Alex O'Connell had eight points. Uh, I might be talking out of pocket there. I don't know if that's completely accurate. Let's check that Mahoney eight uh, O'Connell six. And uh, Jones ate, so I had one of them right. But uh, yeah, I mean, a, a great shooting effort as well. I mean, they shot what close to you know forty or sixty percent. Yeah, sixty three percent. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, just a, a really really great game overall. I mean, yeah, really. Honestly, things looked you know like they were trending in the right direction after that first game. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. a team effort, dude. I mean, like everyone was getting a piece of the action, like you said, and I mean. It's good to realize well, that we we were playing Butler, but you're I like you're right. I, I things were trending in the right direction after that first game for sure. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> you know, I mean, what a what a hell of a game to come out, you know, in the first round. You know, I essentially, I guess the the first full round of the Big East tournament. But yeah, I mean, especially after <clears throat> you know all you know all of what we just talked about with Greg McDermott's comments and everything that came with that. You know, having him back on the sidelines that game, they really kind of picked up where they left off in the last game of the regular season. I thought, you know, overall great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, second game, and I mean, a instant classic <laughs> in Big East yeah. tournament history in yeah. my mind. Especially, you know, if you talk about games prior to when Creighton joined the Big East, I mean, this is one of the best. A uh, fifty-nine to fifty-six win over UConn, and we officially have a big time Big East rival in the Big East. It, it's great. I mean, I think this solidified it, you guys. Creighton has absolutely established a rivalry with UConn. It's here to stay, and Creighton swept the entire series this year. UConn mm. fans are not happy. <laughs> that, I mean, that's a good UConn team, too. I mean, James Booknight is a hell of a player, and he's going to have a oh, great yeah. career in the NBA. Luckily, Creighton didn't really let him get into a groove of an offensive flow at all. Like, I, I thought they really... Denzel Mahoney did a great job of kind of stifling him and um, you know, I thought Reef had his his minutes on him as well was were pretty good, and I, I mean, you, you give up something inside a little bit uh, to Sonogo, but I I really think overall a, a great defensive effort at least, um, you know, and and one of those grinded out games, you know. 
Oh, yeah. Cra- crazy. I mean, really, yeah. It was instant classic of a Big East tournament game, like you said. I mean, it's exactly what you would expect from a Big East tournament game. Uh, it was hard fought, you know, just a really tough game. I mean, yeah, it's 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 one of those grind ones. it out, yeah, grind it out, punch you in the mouth type type style, you know. I mean, yeah. if there was a if there was a game that has embodied what I think Big East play is since we have been in the Big East. I think that game is a perfect encapsulation of what I mean, Dan. I mean, you. I feel like you kind of rolled your eyes there. Maybe you have a, a different <laughs> perspective, but I mean, I, I I certainly think that uh, that that it is it, it's a great embodiment of what I think Big East play is. You know, especially since we had to play Georgetown and really <laughs> really experienced you know what that means but uh you know i mean yukon didn't convert a field goal in the last six minutes of that game and creighton snuck past uh one of the yeah. toughest games i think this team has played in recent memory so no, no, no i'm sorry i'm just down here in the command center i've got three nba games going simultaneously so <laughs> that's not a, that is not a dig at all no it was great it was definitely the physicality of a big east uh what i think of big east but at the same time it gave me somersaults like in my stomach that a mo valley to you know it felt like arch yeah, arch yeah. madness meets big east toughness I even um, think about and, that. that's a good point and on the yukon front too um i've got a i've got a really good buddy he's in uh, the national sports media but he's from uh new york area and yeah. i was like so kind of i mean he he's a saint john's fan but I was like, kind of give me the down low. Is is pompous a good word to describe UConn fans? And uh, let's just say he agreed with a great elaboration. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and <clears throat> I remember kind of thinking about this, and I think we talked about it in the first episode of the podcast for the season, you know, talking about, you know, how big of a brand of basketball, you know, name that UConn is. And all of the fan attention that comes with it, you know, I mean, they've won national championships and they, these aren't your, your typical Nova fans. Cause we've, we play in a conference who has with a team who has won a championship within the last couple of years too, actually. Two. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a whole different monster when it comes to UConn fans. I think they're, they're definitely well-educated, um, but I think they're far more aggressive than Villanova fans are, you know what I mean? But they, uh, I, I don't think pompous covers it. <laughs> You know, well, uh, it's more of a uh, going a little Gatsby here, East egg, right? Yeah, right. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's crazy because, you know, I mean, when you think about it, we, we you know, with Nova in our conference, we have, uh, you know, experience dealing with fans <laughs> that have won a national mm-hmm. championship and it, it's it pales in comparison. You know what I mean? Like. UConn fans are just on a whole different level. So we'll have to, and I've, I've talked with Jordan Scurry about this all season. I've gone back and forth with him, um, you know, referencing another podcast, podcast episode that we had earlier, um, you know, in the season, yeah. we called it, you know, we knew that this, the first game out of the jump between Creighton and UConn was just a masterpiece. It was just like that. That first game reminded me exactly of this last game that we played. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, really lucky that Creighton was able to beat them three times. You know, that gives me a little bit of hope for the NCAA tournament. You know, we'll talk about this Georgetown game and where we ran into a buzzsaw here in a second. But I really do think UConn has a chance to kind of um, play well in the NCAA tournament this year. I think they are a good I think they are. A, they're a decent team. You know what I mean? And they I, I can't remember off the top of my head who they're playing right now. They're playing Maryland, um, you know, and they play potentially Alabama in the next round. Those are two teams I think they, they could definitely beat. Um, They're in my final four. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That way. So, I mean, the we're, we're pretty high on UConn over here. You know what I mean? Not just to make ourselves feel better because we swept that uh, that season series. But, um, you know, I, I really do think James Booknight is is, is a real deal. Oh, he's phenomenal. He's a real, real deal. Real deal. Um, so. But the, the hate is fun. It is fun yeah. to have a <laughs> Wichita yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I it's something. I mean, we've we've kind of battled with like the rivalry thing all year. Just like who is Creighton's rival? I mean, we've had these good games against Seton Hall, and after like the regular season finale last year in Omaha, like I really thought C- Seton Hall would be like our. Oh, well, Marquette always bites us in the ass too. Yeah. Providence always drags it out, but I don't think we have to ask the question anymore. I no, yeah, this is we've I, got I, our yeah. back, and yeah, and you know next year. 
next year it's coming back at us. So well, yeah, and they're, like... and, and they're going to be sans James book night next year. So I mean, oh, yeah. right. But we're going to be re- retooling too. It's, it's gonna, I'm, it's gonna you know, be good. and this is something that we should probably talk about after the season is over, but I'm really interested to see what our lineup's going to be next year. I mean, if, if we're so, talking about fallout from the last couple of weeks and you know, we're not, we already lost tie tie. I mean, who else is going to leave? Who are we losing? Who's going to maybe yeah. take an extra year of eligibility? There's so many different possibilities for what could happen. But let's let's stick to the let's stick to the to the grapes here. Um, you know, let's, let's let's talk about the championship game. I mean, we I mean it's kind of the elephant in the room here. I mean, we played two really good games coming out of the first two rounds of this tournament, and like I said, just ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, I, w- I was sitting there at my TV in just disbelief. Um, obviously uh, reef wasn't available for the game, but I'm hard pressed to say that we lost because he was out. <laughs> like, I don't think that was, I don't think that was a reason on to, yeah, I there mean, were we, some mismatches, but it wasn't the sole issue. But yeah. when, the, when I think of this game, there's an episode of always sunny in Philadelphia called who pooped the bed. <laughs> and that is, we pooped the bed on yeah, Saturday I mean, to, to put it, to put it lightly, you know, I mean, I mean, we talked about reef being out, but I mean, 48 points i mean that's not because reef was out <laughs> you know i mean I, I don't know i don't i don't know where to start on this one the shoot the offense was bad defense was bad rebounding was bad i mean intensity was bad focus was bad i mean what more can you say i mean it, it they just couldn't get anything going offensively they had 18 points 18 points in the first half so I don't remember low. the last time Creighton didn't break. I mean, I'm sure it's probably, I'm sure they've had a game recently in the last couple, you know, last five years or something, maybe where they haven't scored 20 points and a half, but that for a team that is so well-versed offensively, what a terrible time to have a stinger. What a terrible, like you and the, I mean, considering that we've gotten to this game three times now to play that bad, just seems, I guess, on brand, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it was, it was more than just, Oh, guys were getting good looks and shots weren't falling. It, they looked like at times five individual players who were just each trying to make something happen each time. And we, when we get down like that, we'll dribble down into the middle of the paint. The guy will pivot with his back to the basket and then just look out and hope somebody is open to kick it out for a three. Yeah. And it, it's either that or dribble down, pull up and then possession. But on yeah. top of that, we weren't defending the paint. I mean, they were getting anything and everything early and often, but this isn't like a team that we swept during the regular season. They came into our house on pink out night. Yeah. Right. And, and, beat, and, and beat the shit and out ran of us. us pretty yeah. good. That's the yeah. second time this season that Georgetown has ran us off the floor, which is shocking to say, because we've, you know, we've played some really good teams this year and I didn't really think that Georgetown, Honestly, I think Georgetown's a good team, and I think they're peaking right now. I think they're playing really well. I think uh, Patrick Ewing has that team playing better than probably. I honestly, I think that that team could have beaten UConn. I mean, they did beat they beat Villanova to get to that game, but they could have beat you if, if UConn advances in that Creighton game. They're beating them too. There's no, I mean, not I mean, only, there's, there's not only right, that, but there's no excuse to get blown out like that. Right. No. I, no, I I totally agree. Totally. Especially with Creighton, you know, over the last few years, they're definitely a, a, a attack heavy first half team. That's where they get a bulk of their points. And the second half is just, you know, kind of like defend and keep capitalizing when the opportunity's there. And not seeing that all in this game was just like, what team is this? And also, like, you have to look at Georgetown. Yeah, we're talking good things about them. It's like unranked georgetown well 12 well, so. 12 lost georgetown <laughs> yeah like right. 12 12 12 prop, i mean props to them props to them i mean i you know you got to represent the big east hope they have a, a deep run in the tournament but i honestly this, i think they're I, th- I think you're right i think they'll make a huge run i think they're mm-hmm. gonna i think they're gonna I, I i can't remember who the hell they play in the first round uh, Who's it? um they are uh 12 against a five and they are going to play Colorado. Yeah, I actually like Colorado. I think they're no. playing pretty good ball right now. But it, it, I mean, it just depends. Are they get? You see a lot of teams that really excel in their conference tournaments. Everyone gets real high on them, and then a week goes by, and that momentum's gone. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, and you look at you look ahead for them too. Past that Colorado game, and they have Florida State, and you know if if they get past you know Greensboro. But I mean, I think that Florida state Georgetown matchup would be really fun <laughs> to, yeah. Just, yeah. To at, 
At the end of the day, though, I just blame the asshole who asked for Patrick Ewing's credentials. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. We're yeah. we're biggest champions right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing sad. the one thing that I took away from this game is how much Denzel Mahoney is struggling. I mean, my God. I mean, I don't want to rag on the kid, and I tweeted this the other Offensively, day. Offensively, I want to yes, emphasize yes. that. We'll, we'll talk about this here for a second, but good Lord. And look, you guys, I get it. I live in the real world here. Denzel is always guarding the best person on the floor. I mean, he is taking on the biggest defensive assignment every night. And look, I get that can take a lot out of your legs, but at what point do we start maybe – not sacrificing our offensive efficiency for him guarding the, you know, I mean, maybe we put Reef in and, and run a different starting five. You know what I mean? What if we run MZ and Sharif? I mean, Dan, shake your finger at me, but I mean, if he's shooting so bad that, I mean, what they have to, they have to do something. If they leave it uncorrected, I mean, they might get past the first game, but what if they play Virginia in the second and he's, you know, I mean, yeah. They have they have too a... important to that second unit. This is what I'll say for Denzel because and defense overall. So there's a stat out there. If we limit the opponent to what 70 or 71 points or less, we're 13 and 0. Right. Defense needs to be our priority. With Denzel, I someone's got to have a heart to heart with him. You play your defense, you make an assist, or you're taking a point blank shot. Right. And until he can get his confidence up and going, which I'm not suspecting this is going to be established really soon, you 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 don't have the green light as much as you did the other night when he's just chucking it up, hoping he's going to see it. Well, Do you, and the, the hard part about that is, is he's getting good looks. You know what I mean? He's not just sitting here chucking up threes. And I, I think but this, there's a reason I, he's yeah, getting good looks. Yeah, right, 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 right. And I understand that. But, you know, I, I really think – you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really hard conversation to have. I mean, if he has a wide open look, I mean, that's like their textbook. Yeah. You got the green light go. And Mac, I don't think Mac is ever someone who strays away from taking a green light away, you know? So I think that's why he's continued to have it. But I mean, what other games come to mind for you guys when we think about bad Creighton losses? I mean, this was just about as bad of a showing that you can ask for in a big game you know, such as the Big East Tournament Championship. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's there's two games that came to my mind that, that really left me with a sour taste in my mouth. You know, there's been a lot of games over the years that have really left a sour taste in my mouth, but there's two that came to mind specifically, and Jay's fans probably remember them very well. But, I mean, Baylor in 2014 when we got kicked out of the NCAAs when, in Doug's senior season, this felt almost as bad. Not as bad, but just about there. And the other game that came to mind for me was the Wichita State home game loss in 2012. Uh, that was like a tw- like plus 20 point loss on our home floor, which was embarrassing. Um, tough. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, really, really tough game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Dan, what do you got? Um, the uh, not from a blowout standpoint, the yeah. the tough ones for me were just not doing the things that you're supposed to do. So I'll go with two old school. It's going to be, you know, we had Brody on the other week and he said it, they overlooked central Michigan in that first round. Everyone thought we were getting through to Duke, you know, got down by that large margin, made the comeback, fell short. That's, that's, uh, that will always stick out to me because that was the first time it was like, yes, we get it. We get to be a major player in the college basketball scene. Yeah. Second one, I believe it was last year when we pissed it away against Marquette. When all you had to do was inbound the goddamn ball. It was. Oh, that, the I think it was that was like two simplest years ago. thing you had to do. It was incredibly embarrassing. Goes to overtime on a on a fraction of a second three, and we blow it in overtime. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, heartbreakers but i guess not in the same way you knew what was happening about five minutes into halftime there wasn't going to be a comeback yeah yeah blake, for me lost, had to... lost the stands out for you blake I, you know that one i definitely remember that one dan i'm pretty sure that was a home game we, we were all there we were we were i i, if, I remember being if, there to be completely honest i think we had all maybe been a little overserved. <laughs> i definitely had because i was screaming 
I, that yeah. was one of the that was one of the very raw time. It was a very raw time in my life. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I was I was mad. I mean, <clears throat> all they had to do, like you said, was inbound that freaking ball. I mean, I think I think it was Mitch to Crumple. Was that this? Was that the scenario? Or and he overthrows yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, they which, just needed to touch yeah. it, but he overthrows him down, you know, about half Sam, court or something like that. Sam Hauser hit that shot, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I believe yeah. So. yeah. I mean, just that's rough. isn't that the same game that uh, Marcus dropped? I think Marcus Howard dropped yeah, like 40. Marcus Howard dropped like 50 yes, or 52. Did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, God, dude, is I, I wonder where he where is he at right now? Is he in the G? Um. I believe he's G- he was drafted in the second round. I haven't heard anything about him, so I would have to check. Sleeping on him. Uh, but for me, yep, yeah. two way contract. Sorry, he's got oh, a two way contract with Denver. So, okay, hopefully he'll get into the league. He's a good player. Oh yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah. Blake. Go. I, I keep on interrupting you, Blake. No, you're I'm good. I'm so you're excited good. to be here with you guys. I yeah, usually do too. these podcasts by myself most times. So, yeah, well, good to have good to have we're good here. to have friends, guys. Yeah. Um, for me, like, it's like, kind of like you said, Dan, not necessarily like blowouts. Some of these, I think were, you know, within points, uh, within a few points, I would say I'm, well, even this year, I'm just thinking the Kansas game, you know, that was tough. Uh, came down to the last few seconds anyways. Um, and then and you're a yeah, Kansas sure. fan. <laughs> I am a Jayhawks fan. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Oh, for sure. Was, yeah, well, uh, they don't live up to their potential, though. You knew they could have played better than that. Uh, as a Kansas fan, you know, since I was young, I was a little scared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the other game I was thinking? Uh, probably. Oh, uh, in the tournament, probably 2016 or 2017. Against Rhode mm-hmm. Island? No, Kansas State. Oh yeah. Oh, Kansas uh, State was also. Uh, a, it take a take your take your pick of NCAA losses. I mean, there's been a lot of them. Yeah, that one was tough though, because I mean, well, Kansas State was a pretty good team that year. Actually, they had that uh, Barry Brown Jr. and uh, Dean Wade. Uh, but yeah, that that one was tough because I think that was a little farther of a you know point differential. But it's just like Creighton. Creighton had a good team that year, and it's just like. It's just like this Big East Championship game. It's like, where did they go? You know, it's just like, who, who, where's the team? You know, we watched all year. Even there's certain, you know, points to the season where they're struggling. You're like, okay, this isn't the same team. But even in those losses, like that's even more of a different team than the team that lost during the right. season or in that game. You know. Oh, I take it back. I got one more before we segue right. here. Yeah, shoot. It has nothing to do with it. I mean, it sucks that we lost because we would have gone to the six Sweet Sixteen but it has totally scarred me for life is the <laughs> Illinois game. After we beat Florida, we lost, but I, I, you know, I watched it all. I watched the Florida game in school. You know, the teacher had it on. I went screaming around the halls after Terrell Taylor hit the shot. So I'm all amped to watch the game on Sunday, but my parents had this stupid rule from when I was in first grade until I got to high school that I had to, play an instrument i had a piano recital that sunday i was not allowed to skip the piano recital to see oh. that damn game and that is why i have a subscription to pretty much every freaking league i have three tvs in my basement <laughs> and i schedule stuff around sporting events because i was like i'm never gonna let this travesty happen again <laughs> so that that, that is what marked me traumatic what year what, events what year was that that was 0203. Yeah. We've talked so about that. We've talked that about a, that sequence of games on this podcast twice now with Jimmy Motes and Darren Brody. Great so episode. Illinois team. Was that a Bill Self team or a Bruce Weber team? Bill Self. It was Weber, wasn't it? No, I thought it was. Oh, was it? I think that was Bill oh, Self. Yeah, that's right. It was Bill Weber Self. took over in 03. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been Bill Self's last year before he we went yeah. to Kansas. Yeah. Well, let's move on to NCAA tournament talk here, guys. Um, I mean, let's not live in the Big East tournament forever, I guess. I mean, we, <laughs> we lost. So let's, I guess let's get past it. So right. uh, luckily enough, I mean, Creighton had a a pretty good a pretty good season. I mean, they end up as a five seed, probably not where most of us would have pegged them to be at the end of the season, say, you know, when we were talking about 
um, the first couple games. Uh, but nonetheless, we are in the tournament and we are ready to go. I mean, Creighton ended up in the West Division of the bracket where the top seed in the tournament Ooh. is Gonzaga is slated to run the table. Uh, the two seed is Iowa. Three seed is Kansas. Four is Virginia to round out the top four. And then Creighton obviously is number five to round out the top five. Uh, we are facing off against the University of California, Santa Barbara, the Gauchos. They yeah. are a 12 seed in the West. Uh, if they win, if Creighton wins that game, they'll play the winner of University of Virginia uh, and Ohio. So go figure. Uh, UAV is already battling COVID problems, so we might not even see them in the next round. Who knows? I mean, and there are some crazy, crazy protocols for good reason for the tournament this year, mm-hmm. uh, considering everything going on with COVID. Um, you know, UVA, no way. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's gonna. I, I don't really like their style of basketball. Does is not <laughs> is not conducive for a good Creighton, uh, a good Creighton game. Um, although oh, we have yeah. we have won a few of those uh, grinded out games this year. I, I am confident in in uh, you know in playing that style of basketball, but I would much rather just maybe play Ohio and and be able to dictate <laughs> pace. But uh, I mean, really not. And in, in, in the grand scheme of things, not a terrible draw for Creighton. Um, no. You know, I, I think, you know, the University of Santa Barbara, honestly, they're a great team. I mean, the Gauchos really do have a full starting five full of studs. I mean, Creighton is going to have their hands full. They're essentially a team full of transfers. They're led by big West player of the year, Ja'Cory McLaughlin, uh, a senior from Oregon State who transferred a couple seasons ago. He's been he's been with uh, the Gauchos for a couple seasons. But uh, alongside him in the starting lineup are Nevada transfer. Uh, I'm going to murder these names. I've never I've never heard of these people before. So bear with me. Dev- Deverell Ramsey. Uh, he's an Oregon transfer. Or, I'm sorry, ne- Nevada transfer. The Oregon transfer is Miles Norris. DePaul transfer is Brandon Cyrus. And then um, I think that runs out. Yeah, that's their top. That's their starting five there with with uh, Jacory McLaughlin. But um, you know, it's they're they're an interesting team. I mean, McLaughlin obviously is their best player, but uh, you know, it, it's really hard to to figure out where to dive in here. They got some dudes who are pretty good. Uh, who come off the bench, including a transfer from Temple. And it sounds like they do have one player who comes off the bench who is injured, and that's uh, Ajari Sinai. I think I hope I got that name right. I feel really bad saying these names without actually knowing them. But uh, he's a sophomore guard and the sixth man uh, for the Gauchos. Who's, he suffered an injury, uh, an ankle injury, in the championship game of the Big West. So something to look for there as well. But, uh, you know, Santa Barbara started out the season losing twice to UC Irvine, defending champions and powerhouse of the Big West Conference. They ran through the rest of the conference season. They won 13 games in a row, which was a school record, I believe, uh, before they dropped one at the end of the season, I think versus University of California Riverside. Um, mm. Just a really dominant season. I mean, they they really didn't have any trouble in the middle of their schedule. So they've been really on a roll for the last like month and a half. I mean, the and Blake, I, I know you, you kind of did a little bit of research about this. So just kind of tell me about the big West schedule and how it was a little different this year. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest, I can't talk the big West schedule, you know, was a little different than most conferences this season. I mean, each weekend, two teams would play back to back games. I mean, that means if you played a team in December, you would not see them again, essentially till, conference tournament so it was truly fucking weird but on brand for this covid season if you know what i mean yeah and you know being like mostly like california based they had a ton of like covid restrictions so it's Mm. you know traveling to play on the weekends probably was like a better idea for a lot of that conference but you know really they ran through their conference schedule you know i mean they, they only have a couple losses on the season uh, but really, Ja'Cory McLaughlin, I've watched a ton of tape on him the last couple of days. I mean, he is the best player in the Big West Conference. You can't say enough about this kid. He can shoot, he can pass, he can distribute in transition, he can hit fallaway jumpers, he can go off the dribble. He seriously can do it all. All three levels uh, of scoring, he, he, really can, he really can fill it up. I mean, in the championship game, he filled it up. He played about 40 minutes in he's he's a he had a great great game from the from three-point land that game mm. um but you know i mean what i mean what more can you say he i mean he's he's 
he's just awesome. I mean, you know, he had some troubles back at Oregon State, I think, when Gary Payton uh, was kind of on his rise there. Um, I think a, a little bit of his playing time kind of got kind of got shoved down when he was there. He transferred, but really has found a home here and, you know, a fifth-year senior. I mean, what can you – I mean, we talk about this all the time, about, about this all the time on the podcast, and every single person that we've brought on has said you have to be able to – play under control in March and be able to, if you, if you have a stud on your team, essentially, everybody's got that guy. Jacory McLaughlin is that guy and he is the real deal for this team. Mm. Um, you know, and a lot of analysts are already calling this an upset, <laughs> you know, I mean, and with everything that has gone on with Creighton in the last couple of weeks, I completely understand as to why um, maybe this is a little bit more of an elevated pick for a lot of people because there's so much drama happening around the program and you know a lot of people thinking that oh yeah you know Creighton's Creighton's minds might not be in the right spot but let's I I, you know putting all that to bed Creighton has won they won three in a row you know coming into the Big East championship game so I don't I don't think I really don't think that's that's on their you know I I definitely don't think they've forgotten you know everything that happened but uh, you know I think they've moved on and they're trying to focus on what they're trying to do in March but you know I mean Go yeah, ahead, I, I I think like this is just not a team to sleep on whatsoever. It's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a tougher game than Creighton thinks too. It's it's gonna be very close. It's gonna be fought hard the whole time, especially from Santa Barbara. I mean that you know this is their chance to really make something of the team they had this year and really you know chase those uh those deep tournament runs. So not someone to sleep on. And uh, if if Creighton gets through this, which I do think they will. I would like to kind of touch upon Virginia. I mean, they're a good team, like you guys are saying, but you have to remember they won a national championship, what, two, three years ago? So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. I love all the doom and gloom we're getting. I mean, <laughs> Jay Billis didn't pick a single Big East team to win a game. Um, I saw that. Everyone's throwing the, oh, you got the ominous 12 versus 5 matchup. Bitch, we invented the 12 versus 5 upset. Come on. <laughs> Granted, we, maybe not a lot of people in this program are around then, but God damn it, we invented it. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, man, we are – I think we're going to have our heads right after that ass kick, and we just, we're on the wrong side of. Um, but w- there's a few keys I want to get into yeah. on this. Um, and, you know, I a lot of people have uh, compared McLaughlin to kind of a uh, – hey book night well we just played them yeah we, we got an idea how to how to handle them but they, they've got some size with the guards and with the wings and like austin mentioned they've got a bunch of transfers so these are these are kids with some skill yeah um, i mean they're not just they're not just some pickup players you know what i mean they're not just you know i mean every team that makes it into march madness is a serious team i mean and if you've watched college basketball for more than a year in your life you know that every team in march is serious you know, and, oh, yeah. and and this is one team that you would glance at and say, hmm, you know, maybe maybe uh, Creighton runs through this one easy. But I mean, it should say something that a lot of analysts are calling this an upset, you know, but well, uh, Dan, you, you scouted this. Let's let's talk about this. Yeah. What are the what are the keys to the game here? I mean, uh, obviously, I, I, I kind of took a look at their lineup and, you know, what they did during the season. But I mean, what what do we need to do to kind of beat this team uh, down low there? Well, I, I brought up a. Uh defense earlier so let's start on the defensive end we have to come to play this i think this is going to mirror the yukon game a lot it is you know it is going to be a grinded out we have to start by protecting the paint we cannot let them get whatever they want down there like georgetown did on the bright side they are not an incredibly great offensive rebounding team so that works out in our favor we got to grab those boards but down low, get out in no transition, way. baby. Get out and run. This I mean, from what they I like to get transition points that's, too, that's but they slow it down. Yeah, that's so what I'm take saying. care of the ball. We need to make it run. Play our our style ball. Yeah. The unfortunate part is every time we say that and we see a game like that, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem to happen. Right. So if we start on the defensive end, force turnovers, get rebounds. That's going to be the key to getting out and running. Um. Working the ball inside out. I can't stress that enough. If we just start chucking up threes left and right and hoping things fall, we need a consistent point of offense. And then if that kick out's there, get the kick out. But 
Christian's not, I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed in this game. Their big guys are around 6'10". He's seen much worse. He can handle that. Right. So I expect big games. Our studs have to come to play. This is, this is where you're going to make your mark. This has been the goal all season. Marcus, this is going to be a Marcus game. Although yeah. he's facing the 6'4 guy, so he's got to be ready for that pressure. Be ready for that double team. Find that open guy. Um, Mitch, Mitch has to be aggressive. We've seen him shy away a little bit. When he comes out and he's badass Balak, that's those are games that we can get behind. Those are when we can get up tempo when they know, oh crap, he can shoot, or you know, he's shooting it from five feet behind the line. Um, the other thing is DJ. DJ has been the heartbeat of this team the whole year. He has impressed me so much from the from the first time he stepped foot on uh, the Creighton floor. He has evolved so quick. He used to, when he'd get the ball on the perimeter just to get a three, he had this little hitch in his shot. And it would it was there, it was the stutter, and then it was in. His release is so much quicker, so much smoother. But not only that, just the way he takes it to the rack, he plays with passion. I want to see that from him, and hopefully it'll spread to the rest of the team. So that's kind of what I got. I think it'll be grinded out. But honestly, uh, right now, the line is at six and a half. It dropped from 10. It opened at. But that's mm. because a lot of people are on this national narrative that the Big East is down. This is a very winnable game for Creighton. Um, but I'll, I'll let you guys address anything you want, and then uh, um, we can talk uh, yeah. Virginia or Ohio. Yeah, sure. I, th- I think the biggest thing is when Creighton goes in the paint, they have to commit. You know, you know, he can't. I get tired of watching them run in and then stop and look to kick it out. It's like just, just drive it, Dr- draw the foul if you have to. I mean, you draw yeah, that the pivot, win. the back to the basket. That yeah. drives me nuts. It drives me nuts too. It's like if you're going in, go in, throw the euro step in. I don't care. Get flashy, do something. I mean, yeah, and points, I think I think a lot of draw those, contact. A lot of those opportunities come come in in transition. You know what I mean. And when they're sure. when they're forced into a half court game, I think that's that's when their backs up against the wall. Sometimes you know it's yeah. either it's either going to grind it out like they did in the UConn game, or they're going to get smacked like they did in Georgetown. You know. So I mean, um, let, one other key I forgot. I'm yeah, sorry to cut you off right. there, Austin. No, it's okay. So we don't know the status of uh, of Sharif. So if he's there, great. He has been. He had a nice run in the tournament. I uh, like the way he's been shooting the ball lately. And, you know, we can always count on him as a solid defender. But he if he is not in, we are not going to be able to rely on Jet. I think you have no. to run um, just multiple guards, maybe uh, uh, Antoine taking up the ball or um, uh, uh, what's his face? White kid, transfer, Duke. Alex O'Connell. <laughs> Alex O'Connell. He also had a nice. I he had some good minutes in the Big East tournament. I was pretty uh pretty happy with him. Just guys who can get it up and let's run that up tempo so that we don't like you said don't have to get into too much set offense. But I Jet is just a little bit overwhelmed, and it saddens me to say that because my son is also named Jet. Well, okay, guys, let's talk predictions here. I know this is tough, and we have to kind of pick it out and kind of dissect it. But for most fans, this is a sweet 16 or bust season. I mean, do you agree? I mean, where, what are what are we predicting here? I mean, I'm, I'll am i go ahead and just kind of lead. But, I mean, for me, it's a sweet 16 or bust season. I mean, it really sucks for running into the Zags if we make it that far. Um, but really not all that bad. I mean, one seeds lose all the time. You know, I mean, Creighton could catch – you know, Gonzaga on a bad night and they, they could run them off the floor. I mean, they could shoot 60%. You know, I, I don't know. If I don't you know. make it to the sweet 16, the pressure's off. That's, that's a let it fly game. I'm not, I'm not, I, I think this is, I think this is the year. This team has won in a variety of ways. They've, we've seen these grinders. We can, they can make it look pretty and run teams off the court. But if we if we make the Sweet 16, I don't give a shit if it's against Ohio because Ohio got a bye. We finally did it. It's, yeah. you know, pressure's off. All the pressure's on Gonzaga because they're the ones who are like, never won a national championship. Is it going to finally happen? You haven't lost any games yet. And you know what? We've, we can light up a scoreboard. So is it going to be a tall, tall task? Yes. I don't think it's going to happen, but 
when you've got shooters like we do, when we have an offense like we do, you've got a puncher's chance. So uh, take it for what it's worth. But I, I think that Virginia, first of all, though, is going to be – they might be shorthanded. Even if they play against Ohio, that's not a given win. And if they do win, are they going to have all their guys? It, it, it's not the style that we like. It's not uh, super conducive, but it's not like that eight, those ACC matchups when we were still in the Valley or just starting out in the Big East where we're getting on those Doug teams. We're getting matched up against Duke and North Carolina, and the size is overwhelming. It's not going to be that. I mean, they, they might have a little bit of size on us, but we've seen it. We You encounter that in the Big East. So we're totally capable. I think we've seen enough variety and seen enough uh we've been battle tested enough this is the year that they finally get it done and i love that they are going in total underdogs as a five seed like what do you got man what are you predicting you know mm, that's tough man I definitely see him get out of that first game. I think it's a it's a you know sweet sixteen or bust at this point too. Obviously, you have to keep the mentality of you know play one game at a time uh, and commit. But getting getting out of that, it, say they have to play Virginia. I mean, even if they get past Virginia, it's like they they have some you know tough roads to get through. You you have to factor in the possibility of maybe playing Gonzaga, Iowa, Kansas. You know, there, there's a there's a some big threats in there, but uh, it just, you just, they just got to work together. They got to stick to what, you know, what they did all season and just don't let that go away. You know, move on from that Big East championship game and just get back to basics. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Well, I mean, let's let's kind of put a cap on that and, and it just hope for the best. I guess we can probably reapproach this after the second round if we make it that far if not we'll be we'll be doing our season end podcast which is kind of weird to think about but before we do that let's kind of talk about other storylines in the bracket that caught our eye i'll go first i mean the drake wichita state matchup (laughs) i mean that i mean what more can you ask for i mean out of the first four uh i mean uh, a Two teams that used to play in the same conference not even 10 years ago. I mean, there's a ton of history between Wichita State and Drake. They're obviously being from the Missouri Valley, Wichita State leaving the Missouri Valley. I think that's going to be a great game. I mean, you talk about wanting to be entertained in the first, you know, couple the first couple games of the NCAA tournament. This is it. I mean, we got Darren DeVries from Creighton, former, former coach, leading Drake. I mean, they're playing out of their minds right now. They've played really well all season. They get, they grabbed an at-large bid, which is which is crazy for a Missouri Valley team to do these days. I seem like it seems like that's a pretty a pretty tough feat to accomplish these days. So credit to them, uh, Wichita State. I mean, we were kind of in control of their destiny there. Creighton mm-hmm. was at the end. You know, I mean, they were on the bubble with Georgetown mm-hmm. kind of getting that uh, that auto bid after beating us takes away another spot, but they sneak in. So that that's going to be a great first game. We're yeah, not uh, in Dayton anymore, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I am scared shitless at the thought of Kansas having to possibly play Wichita State. Um, that has never gone well for Kansas. Uh, it's partly, you know, solely part of the reason why they never set a matchup with them, even though they're in the same state. Yeah. Um, so definitely rooting for Drake in that game. Uh, but, yeah, a little scared there. Um, otherwise, I mean, bigger highlight for me right here you know, coach K does not make the tournament for the first time in, you know, it seems like a century. I think 95 is the exact year, but uh, cry about it. I don't care. <laughs> well, he's been yeah. whining the whole year, man, yeah. making excuses. <laughs> like everyone has to play, you know, like, with, with the same issues. And then he like, craps it on up, that man. student reporter. Yeah. You know, he, he's been a crybaby the whole freaking year. Yeah, it was I don't want to see an 11 loss Duke team get out of here. Yeah. And then, oh, we're going to take our ball and go home. We're, we're not going to, we're not going to be in the postseason. Oh, wait, you might select us. Oh, well, we'll, we'll accept the bid if you, you select us. Yeah. I mean, get out of here. Yeah. Him, to coach, coach Calipari, too. They both, I mean, instead of, oh, <laughs> instead God, of an 11 yeah. loss Duke team, you get, <laughs> you get a Michigan State team with 12 losses. So, there you go, man. I mean, brighter days ahead, for, probably for both of those programs. But oh, yeah. yeah, weird year for a lot of the powerhouses. I mean, we kind of talked about that on the, on another podcast. I feel like that's my trademark phrase. We kind of talked about that on another podcast. Tra- trademark it. That's mine. 
But uh, I like yeah, that you I mean, like uh, put a cap on it. Yeah, so if you don't have well. senior leaders in this season, like these teams mm. kind of don't. I mean, you're kind of you're kind of you're kind of lost. So, um, another hot take here: one or less teams from the Big Ten will make the Final Four. I Wild. love this take. I love it. I think. Well, I mean, I I not only love it because Illinois is my other team besides Creighton. I am. A, a born and bred Illini fan. I'm from across. I live here in St. Louis now. I'm from across the river in Illinois. I was born across the river. I have the Illini blood in me and I am stoked. I hope they win. Uh, you know, I mean, you can't really count on much for Creighton this year. So, I mean, Illini, Illinois has kind of been my, my saving grace. I mean, Kofi Coburn, Ayo Desemu. I mean, they are. I mean, Curbelo. Game yesterday, I mean, man. On and on and on. They have so many people that can just get out there and get it. I, I mean, and the, Trent Frazier. I mean, the, the, oh, the yeah. whole entire team is just—they're just a bunch of ballers, dude. And it, it reminds me of kind of how they were back in like that. You know, we talked about it earlier the the 2000 season when Creighton ran into them and. You know, and they went to the final four and the year after that, they came back and had a, another good run. But yeah, I mean, I, I really do think Illinois is going to make a huge run for the end for the final four. I mean, if not them, Michigan has a good shot. I think they have some they have some favorable favorable games in there, um, you know, in the as a one seed in the east. But yeah, I mean, I really do think Illinois is going to make it. So don't sleep on Maryland, man. Never sleep on a Mark Turgeon team. Woo. Yeah, no, so, no, no, no. I I went with this take because I'm just like SEC in football. Everyone wants to talk up that conference. They're the greatest. Yeah. So if the greatest play the greatest, then they're all they're I don't know. I feel like it's they're still a really good conference, but maybe not as as they're highly lauded. Just as the Big East isn't as bad as everyone says it is. Right. Um. But I, I my one to make the final four, Austin is is Illinois. So that that is who same. I have. Well, thank same. you very much. All right. Same. Yep. Well, I mean, the other take here is that Pac-12 is going to overachieve. And Dan, I want you to kind of answer this because I I don't see it. I I really don't. I mean, where 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 do you where do you think this the Pac-12 is going to really? I think the Pac-12 has had a lot nicer year than they they've been down for a while. Um, but you know, as a, as a going away, screw you to Larry Scott, I think they're going to do really well now that they are, they are free from, uh, the terrible, uh, commissioner that he is. Um, I've watched some PAC 12 ball ironically this year. Um, I, I, I don't think Georgetown's going to carry over their momentum. They've got Colorado in the first round. Colorado has been been pretty good oregon yeah. state went on that magical run yeah um but uh they made they made the pac-12 final i think that they'll take down georgetown i haven't been super impressed with the acc if you look and that uh matchup in the east it's either them or unc greensboro so i've got colorado over florida state and then they get to michigan michigan i don't i just don't see it happening in that bracket i like colorado versus uconn for that elite eight matchup. I think it's going to be really fun. That's the only one that I have going really crazy. I've got ones the rest of the way down Uh, Oregon state. They've got Tennessee. Tennessee has been kind of hit or miss on or off. I think that's doable after that they'll they'll run into Oklahoma state who a lot of people have argued. They are heavily understated. I don't think they can get past there, but Hey, that's another win. And then Dana Dana's battle tested. This team has, I mean, they know how to play in big games. This isn't going to be a shocker. VCU's a good, good squad, but the A-10, two, two squads or two teams this year, they're a little bit down. Uh, VCU's pretty athletic, but I think Oregon has got what they take or got what they can to take them down. Iowa is, I believe, one in four uh, against, was it top? 25 teams this year against ranked opponents something like that it's some of the upper echelon teams not that oregon is that that good but i mean garza is good i was good but in those big moments you know mm-hmm. they Just they seem to falter sometimes i'm not a big believer in iowa i think that they get to the elite eight and then on the opposite side of that you've got usc wichita and drake they're both good we it's going to be a fun, uh, nostalgic Valley matchup, but I, 
I think USC's got more ammo in there. And then they would play Kansas potentially. KU, I'm not particularly impressed with them this year. No. Uh, I think that's a very winnable game for USC. So I, I like USC and Oregon to play in that in that Elite Eight matchup. Right. I mean, the, well, that's what I, I got. I, 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 I can see I know it. this isn't a Pac-12 show, but yeah. I, I just think that for – let the I'm, record I'm show. To zig where everyone else is zagging here. Let the record show that Dan is very high on the Pac-12. So and the Big East. Let me just okay. be high on the correct conference to be high on, which is not the Pac-12. And you're sleeping on the Big 12. You got <laughs> six teams that finished in the top 25 at the end of the season. You're sleeping on Baylor and Texas. Oklahoma State could be surprising. Texas Tech. Baylor disappointed them. me here at at the not winning the tournament. Like I just have. To I have that. Baylor True. in the final. So, I do too. I do too. Texas is gonna fuck some shit up. Pardon my French, but I don't fucking care. They, you know, there's some teams that are West Virginia. I don't know. Bob Huggins, you know, they're overrated. I think they're gonna go out in the second round, if not the first. But I just want to say there's some good teams there. So I think they're if anyone's gonna overachieve, I think it's gonna be the Big Twelve. I don't I don't think you can call it overachieving though, because I think the Big Twelve is the best conference out there. I, I mean, I, I elaborated on the Pac-12 because they're they're kind of the dogs, but I have Texas in the Elite Eight, I, or excuse me, in the Sweet 16. That's my upset, though, is, is UConn there. But, mm, yeah. I mean, Final Four guys, I, I like most of the big dogs. Um, I got Gonzaga, Baylor, uh, Illinois, and then UConn is my only non-one seed. Who do you guys got? I got Illinois, Zags. I mean, those are the two teams that I have in the final. You know, I mean, I'd like to say Baylor makes it there. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I really don't think there's anybody in that side of the, the bracket in the South that's going to be able to match Baylor. Um, I mean, you look at a team that might be able to match them in Ohio State. They've been playing really well. I'm not sure if Ohio State makes it there. Uh, they've got a little bit of a rocky road. I think Arkansas is kind of a sleeper for the South. So, I mean, that's kind of a toss-up for me. I, I mean, I think Baylor gets there, but I, I really like Gonzaga to win it all. I mean, I like Illinois to get to the Final Four because I just think I think Kofi Coburn is one of the best, you know, big men in the country. And I, I think you really need a dominant big man who can go and get you 20 and, 20 and 10 in a given night, you know. And they have so many good shooters, so many good guards, it, it's crazy. I mean, it truly feels like an old old school Illinois team. Brad Brad Underwood's done a, a phenomenal job this season. I, I really like them. So I'm, I'm hoping they get there. And and for, as for the East, I think the South and the East are a toss-up. I think, you know, Illinois and Gonzaga sure. are locks for, for their divisions, but yeah, or for their regions. But um, yeah, I mean, you could take you could take Michigan in that East region or Alabama. Texas might be might be a call. I mean, you were talking about Colorado. I like I like Colorado. I think they're pretty good. But you know, even if Georgetown comes out and plays the way they did against Creighton, I think they could make the Final Four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of that that side of the bracket is kind of crazy to me. But uh, Blake, what do you got? So yeah, for the West, hundred percent Gonzaga, and which is hard to say because I see the Elite Eight being Gonzaga and Kansas. But as a Kansas fan, I cannot tell you the last time I can even remember Kansas losing more than five games in a season. So it has been a weird one. But I will say for Kansas, most of the years when they lose, you know, two games, three games, you think everyone thinks they're going to win it all. They fuck up in the second round to some team you never heard of. But I'm going to let them surprise me as an eight-loss team. Maybe this is the year that everyone doesn't think about them. They make this push. But – I got Gonzaga coming out of the West in the final four, uh, the South. I'm still going to stand strong with Baylor, uh, coming into the final four there. I think that's a good pick and the Midwest for sure. Illinois. Um, I think Oklahoma state could surprise some people there. Maybe, uh, San Diego state actually I've gone a little farther than I probably should have them going, but, uh, still going to stand with Illinois there. And the East, like you said, is definitely a toss up. Um, Michigan, I don't think is going to do it. Uh, I, I, I would like to say Texas, but I think they go down. Uh, and honestly, this one, this is a lower seed guys, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, okay. I'm going to say it. LSU. Okay. All right. Not bad. A little bit of sleeper, a little bit of sleeper, but I like the way they played in the SEC championship. Yeah. Alabama. They Alabama. Well. 
Alabama's going to go down in the uh, second round, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's wrap it up, guys. I mean, we've been here for a couple hours. It's been good to chat with you guys, but uh, let's talk about one last thing here that I'm going to kind of ramble on about, but it's our bracket game for Section 229 for the podcast. That's an air horn. Um, yeah, if you guys are interested, hit uh, our Twitter inbox. We'd love to add you in. We're, we've got a little bit of a group going. We get you details, and uh, we can get you added into our pool. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's our first year doing the podcast. We thought, uh, you know, doing a little friendly competition between us and some of our close listeners because it is a very, very niche community that we have here, a very tight-knit community. It might be small, but we are we are mighty. So if you guys want to join in on the bracket game, shoot me a DM. I'm Let It Fly CU on Twitter. You can get Dan at what, Dan? OMA2PDX. Please All right. take my money. Yes, let's have some fun over these next couple of weeks. Despite if Creighton loses or not, we just need to all have like lighten up, have some fun because COVID is there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We have a tournament this year. We're gonna be able to watch some March Madness, so that in itself is worth celebrating. So come join our bracket game. You can find us at Section Two Twenty Nine Talk on Twitter. You can search us on Facebook at Section Two Twenty Nine Colon Creighton Basketball Talk. All right, guys, that is our episode for today. Thank you. Like again, like I said, again. Thank you for joining us. That was this was a lot of fun. Not just like talking to myself in the intro and then like interviewing someone. I had a blast. So thank you. Yeah. Also, I'm on Twitter. I'm Mr. Blake Carver. Yes. Find Blake too. So we all <laughs> we all sit here, as I say every episode. We we love to chat Creighton Hoops any time of the day, whether if it's 2 a.m. Five in the afternoon or during the game. You can find us on Twitter. We're always there. Dan's got hot takes about Portland basketball. Blake's got takes. Welcome on- back, CJ McCollum. Tomorrow night, go. baby. Blake's got some takes on food, and yeah, I've got. And takes I have more followers than both of you. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> and I've got. Yeah, well, mine's a mine's a burner account. I have like two. Sets. I have my main Twitter, which has like eight hundred followers, which is not basketball related. Then I have this one, which has like two hundred. So, but if you count the section two twenty nine one, I have like two hundred. So technically, I have like four hundred. But some of those are like the same people, so you can't really, you know. I am followed by the official uh, voice of the Portland Trailblazers, though. So, oh yeah, got, got that going. Dan, I'm followed dude. by wow, Jose Dan. Bautista. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, little. You a, got anyone to name drop, Austin? Um, let's see here. No, not really. To be completely honest, maybe Mo Watson. <laughs> like, like every every former Clay, Creighton player that's been on the podcast. <laughs> regardless we're all super cool yeah we're all really fucking cool so come hang out with us (laughs) all right until next time thanks for joining us we're really excited for the tournament so uh join our bracket game and until we meet again go jays roll jays let's get some wins here baby we're out beach time (laughs) 